he could be the Rams starting quarterback one day after Matthew Stafford. Who am I talking about? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramily? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listed every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you want to check out the video version of the show, join the party on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and let us know. Do you think that Stetson Bennett could be the Rams QB one one day? Let us know. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. You might know me for covering the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. I've covered LA sports for over a decade, the Lakers, the Dodgers, UCLA, but now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio network, ESPN 710 LA. You can follow him at Travis Rogers, the Travis Rogers and just a reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL. And when you enter the promo code LockedOnNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. But hey, Travis, got some OTA stuff to get into. We're talking yep. Stetson Bennett, QB Talk, the lifeblood, really, of NFL media. You ready <laughs> to get into my man? Like you just said, anytime we get to talk quarterbacks, I am all in. Let's do it. So we got to do some little bit of housekeeping because it was exciting to see Cooper Cup back in action yesterday. He returned to Rams OTAs. He had been absent from OTAs for a couple of weeks. He was with his family. He and his wife, Anna, they welcomed their third child. Now, he wasn't a full participant in the practice session. Cup was mainly off to the side, working on mobility workouts as he continues to recover from that ankle injury that ended his 2022 season. Of course, he had that tightrope ankle surgery. Rams are kind of easing him into back into the mix and he yep. already said that he's going to do something with Matthew Stafford and they're planning some workouts but yeah just what do you make of Cooper Cup being back in action Travis well I think that this was about time right that he got you know he got hurt towards about you know about the two-thirds mark of last season missed the last third of the season I know that Cooper Cup is one of those guys that wants to play football I know that it was probably very difficult for him to be out listening to him talk about it and saying you know it felt like last season never really ended because his rehab process just continued to go along through um they're going to need him if they're going to compete this season he is their offensive weapon that's not throwing the ball right you got Matthew Stafford back there as your number one quarterback but when you look at the Rams offensive weapons it's Cooper Cup number one with a bullet like you're going to have get Tyler Higby could get involved Cam Akers could get involved to a point and you're hoping that some other guys like Nakua and, and, and whatnot might be able to make an impact you have big hopes for Van Jefferson of course but if if Cooper Cup isn't there and healthy then the Rams offense is kind of stuck in the mud before it even really gets started. So seeing him back out there, seeing him go through some drills, no, nothing full, you know, full speed football kind of stuff yet, but that seems like it's very, very close. It's all good news. 
Yeah, no, just having him back out there in the mix and just seeing those workouts they do on the side as they were doing some insulations, kind of working on the strength drills and things like that. And yeah, he said all the right things that I feel right now as we've been pushing it really hard. I feel really good. I'm itching to be out there. It's a good place to be now where I'm asking for more, wanting to do more and feeling like you're getting held back versus them pushing you to do more. So it sounds like he's hungry. It sounds like he wants to yeah. get back on that field and be the Cooper Cup that we saw last year. But I kind of want to start right here as far as you saw last season, they were very Cooper reliant. I mean, when he went out, he accounted for 35% of this Rams offense. I'm curious, do you think that he needs a Robin? Do you think it's a, he's more of a superhero that is like a daredevil type where he doesn't really have that sidekick. Do you think there's enough around him? Well, like you just said a second ago, Doug, did 35% of the offense was Cooper Cup last year, and that does that that feels so low. It felt like it was something like 94% of the offense went through Cooper Cup. Uh, I'm surprised that it was as low as it was because it certainly didn't feel like that, and it certainly didn't feel like that uh, with regards to big plays, right? Third down conversions and plays that would take off chunk yardages, right? Not those little four and five yard gains, but maybe those 15 or 20 yard gains. Uh, it felt like it was either going to be him or no one along the way. Uh, to, to answer your question, I think everybody does. You know, there, there's only so many Randy Mosses in the world that can just go out there and just do it because they're that much of a better athlete than everybody else. There just there just aren't a lot of those guys. Everybody needs a partner in crime. Everybody needs that Robin like you're talking about. And it doesn't have to be somebody that's nearly as good as you. It doesn't have to be like a Jamar Chase situation or, or a Boyd in, 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 in Cincinnati. It could just be somebody that you got to account for. And, and Van Jefferson can be that guy. Tyler Higby could be that guy. It's just a matter of them getting integrated into the offense and being able to do their job, not having to stay in and block like Higby had to do last year. But I don't think it's necessarily a Cooper Cup thing. I think it's an NFL wide receiver thing for virtually all of these guys. And yeah, he's going to need a little help along the way. He's going to need help along the way. They're going to need those breakout years. And I think if you look at it, you probably say to yourself, wait a second, he played nine games and they averaged 16 points per game. Then after they averaged 18 points per game. Well, both aren't anything to write home about, but I think you also have to remember that Matthew Stafford was dealing with the elbow injury. No one was healthy. The offensive line, they weren't healthy. So yeah, hopefully he just gets things together, but I am a yeah. little concerned that, Hey, if no one else steps up, we could see a situation where he's kind of overworked early on. We know he's that security blanket that safety valve for Matthew Stafford. But having said that, I am optimistic that Van Jefferson is going to have himself a solid to really good season. He's healthy, has a great opportunity to be WR2. I think he's going to make the most of it. And then, of course, you have Puka Nakua. I think he's going to turn heads his rookie year. I'm very interested to see how Tutu Atwell uses his speed with a big Matthew Stafford arm at full strength, Ben Skoranek. So they're not totally bereft of weapons at the wide receiver spot, and they're going to need guys to step up for this passing game to have any chance to have a successful season. Yeah, no, you're right. And that look, the numbers of, you know, this many points with him, this many points without him, I know that those are the numbers. You almost have to take everything that happened last season and just brush it off to the side. Not that it didn't matter or count because it did for both, but they were playing with backup quarterbacks. They're playing with fourth string offensive linemen. They sent their number one running back home for a period of time. It just, the, the whole season was just a, a, a mess. So I, I'm going to take all those numbers and put them aside. What you're saying, though, I think is right, that they have to be more multidimensional, as good as Cooper Cup is. And I still think that he's one of the best in the business. And will if he's healthy, you know, part, part of this is, 
You want guys there in the offseason if you've got a new head coach, if you've got a new quarterback, if you've got a new uh, you know installation on offense. They don't. It's the same quarterback. It's the same head coach. It's the same system. Cooper Cup's going to know what's going on. He just a matter of him being healthy or not. But if they don't have somebody to help him, and, and and by the way, that includes the offensive linemen, that includes everybody on that side of the ball. If it's just number nine dropping back, looking for number 10, and if that doesn't work, it's a sack, it's an incompletion, the Rams are going to look a lot like they did last year. If they get help, maybe they can surprise some people and win some games. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right in that one that, hey, he's going to need some help. And they even said yesterday, Tyler Johnson, he's already in the mix. You have Sam James, who's already in the mix. And I also think it was very telling that there were some rumors that surfaced that the Rams, they were considering trading up in that first round, yeah. maybe going after one of those receivers. I really like Zay Flowers. Of course, Jordan Addison, a hometown guy. So yeah. that would have been interesting. I think they made the right move ultimately. But hey, when it comes to being a receiver, you got to have that signal caller, that QB1 that can get you the ball. And coming up in our next segment, we're talking Stetson Bennett. Can Stetson Bennett be a future QB1? Can he be a guy that could take over the reins from Matthew Stafford one day? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. All right. You know how excited I am. I feel like, Doug, we already did this uh, little read here before the show because Bird Dogs is back. And I just got to tell you how excited I am because Bird Dogs is one of my favorite things ever. Not only do the shorts and the pants make you look good, they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving the thing, you know, that little more sculpted look. Here's the best part about it for me. They're the most comfortable things that I have in my entire wardrobe, right? I put them on when I get home. I put them on when I get up in the morning on weekends. The quicker I can get into my bird dogs, the happier that I am. I've got Two pairs of pants, two pairs of shorts. I bought them for my dad for his birthday. Father's Day is right around the corner. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a pair from my brother. They are unbelievable, and you are going to love them. I guarantee it. Here's how you do it. You go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL and enter the promo code LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You do not want to take off your bird dogs i absolutely promise you if i could wear them to work i would if i could wear them to weddings i would they're the most comfortable pair of pants and shorts i've ever owned birddogs.com slash locked on nfl and enter that promo code locked on nfl for that free yeti style tumbler with your order you will love them. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for joining Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. And a special shout out to our everydayers. You can become an everydayer too. Just got to listen every single day. And also check us out over on YouTube. And hey, let us know. Do you think Stetson Bennett has the potential to be the Rams QB1? Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we're talking Stetson Bennett. And I think my yep. favorite quote from yesterday was, he had a really nice showing there in the scrimmage. He made some nice off-platform throws, showing some athletic ability. And after it, Cooper Cup said, he's definitely the most athletic quarterback from Georgia that we've got on our team, which, hey, to me, that's crazy because you would think that with Stafford being the younger guy, that he would be the faster than of the two. But that's certainly not the case. But, yeah, what do you make of his comments? And do you think that, hey, maybe this is a guy that potentially could be a QB1 one day? Yeah, I do. I, I I just want to make sure that everybody gets the shade that you dropped in there on Stetson Bennett because it took me half a second as well. But that was that was very well done. He's look, he's he went to junior college for a decade or so and then before going back to Georgia. Um, he's a good player. 
I, I think the best part about Stetson Bennett is that he's got attitude, and I love attitude. Now, attitude's got to come with performance to be sure. Otherwise, you're Baker Mayfield, right? That you can have a whole bunch of attitude and swag, and 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 I dig it. I think Baker Mayfield is an incredibly charismatic guy. But you got to throw touchdown passes. You can't throw interceptions. You got to lead your team to a bunch of wins. And then that swag turns into leadership. It turns into charisma. It turns into all those things that I think we want from our quarterbacks. Um, look, there, there's kind of a model that NFL quarterbacks come from. He does not fit it. So I think he's kind of starting from behind. That being said, they don't all check every single box. There is a Russell Wilson. There is a Drew Brees. There are a lot of different ways to do this. So we'll see. I don't know if it's going to happen here in Los Angeles for him. I'm optimistic on, on, on Matthew Stafford being here for a while. If this year goes poorly, I think they probably will take a quarterback in the first round next year if, in fact, that opportunity presents itself. But I love guys with attitude. Bennett has tons of it. And I'm excited to see him play. I, I, I think that there's a place for him in this league, despite his advanced age. <laughs> you got me. Hey, look, man, it's a beautiful situation. I mean, he was he was Stafford's backup at Georgia. Now he's his backup for the L.A. Rams. Hey, we're going to be going all out on Stetson. I think he hosted Herschel Walker on his trip when Walker came in to check out the university. <laughs> I did not know that. You learn something every day. The more you know. But no, look, I think attitude is a great word, I think, to use when it comes to Stetson Bennett and how much that motivates his teammates, how much that yeah. sparks some things. And look, he's a proven winner. He's a proven winner in the locker room. And I think you talk about that attitude and talk about the moxie and how he rubs off on his teammates. Yesterday, they were getting into a back and forth. He was intercepted by Tanner Ingle. And then he comes back and he's able to throw a perfect pass to Williams in the end zone. Just a perfect throw, kind of thread the needle there. And then Kobe Durant, he turned to all the media members. and He said, hey, that's Stetson Bennett. So it shows you that it's not even just his offensive teammates. It's everyone at the camp. He has that charisma, that magnetism to him. And also, too, there's some myths about Stetson Bennett that I want to point out. There's this myth out there that he has an average arm. Well, look, at the Combine, him and Will Levis, they both threw footballs at 59 miles per hour. That is a myth. And you know that in the sports world, some narratives, they're tough to crack. I mean, you look throughout history. Look, Babe Ruth didn't call his shot in the 1932 World Series. Napoleon... He was actually 5'7". The average height in France was 5'5". Five, five. It's just the 5'2", was mentioned, in French units. So there's a lot of myths out there. And how do you think that he can overcome some of these myths, Travis? Well, mark it down. It's uh, it's June 7th, the first Napoleon reference on Locked on Rams. I'm very, very excited about that. That's great. Um, yeah, look, you got to win. Right. And, and the miss will go away. The arm strength thing will be, you know, they, they got that wrong. The, these things get written before the games get played. And then you can only change them if you play well in the games. The, the back and forth with your own teammates, like you were talking about, that's great if it turns into touchdowns during the regular season. It's great if you're the guy that's chirping at the defensive backs if you turn out to be Brett Favre and you're the, the no, 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 yes guy all along. But if you're just the guy that throws a bunch of picks and is yelling at the other guys on the team, it's not charming. It's not cute. And it's not a way to rewrite the narrative that's surrounding you. You got to play. You got to play well. Uh, look, and it's kind of a weird spot that he finds himself in because, and I think everybody would know what I mean when I say this, I hope we never get to see him play. 
I, I hope that we see Matthew Stafford play the entire year and play really well, and then we hear about how well Stetson Bennett is doing in in, in the program, how well he's doing uh, at practice, and whether or not he's pushing, and if we have to see a, a play or two here or there, and it looks pretty good. But I hope that he gets a full year on the sidelines to watch and study rather than play. No, that's definitely something that you would want because that means that this team is probably winning more games yep. than most people expected if that's the case. And yes, there's some things that do work against him in the fact that he is an older guy. Of course, we joke about it, but the reality is he's older than Jalen Hurts. He's older than some of the Justin Herbert, some of the guys, but he does have a lot of experience. And I think too, that he wasn't just at a program at Georgia. He was at a winning program playing against SEC defenders, playing against elite defenders. And he just figures things out wherever he goes. He figures things out. I mean, after Justin Fields goes to Georgia, he ends up leaving, coming back. He works his way and leads them to national championships. But yeah, if you look at his metrics, look, I look at the fact that he has bigger hands than Bryce Young. He's taller. He's fast. He's sneaky athletic. I think his athleticism is going to shock people as well. If you look at the 40 time he ran at the combine, he kind of led up there in the end. But I think just what I want to ask you is your take on fourth round quarterbacks. Of course, you've got Rich Gannon, Steve Berline. You got Joe Theismann, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Brooks. Does that matter? Does that factor into you when you look at, hey, this guy could be someone in the future, even though he's in the later rounds? I think what matters is the opportunity that comes along with where you're picked. I'll use this as an example. When Matt Barkley was at SC and was playing very well, there was speculation that he should come out and he not only would be a first round pick, but maybe very near the top of the first round. He decides to go back to the NFL or excuse me, to college football for another year. He doesn't play particularly well. He ends up getting drafted in the third round. And when was the last time anybody talked about Matt Barkley? If you're drafted late, you don't get the opportunity. So you got to hit it right away. If you're drafted early, they're going to give you a chance. Look at, I'll use it again. Look at Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield got a chance because he was the number one overall pick in Cleveland, obviously. Carolina takes a shot on him. The Rams take a shot on him. Tampa's taking a shot on him right now. That's four different teams that are saying, hey, look, he's a first-round talent. He's the number one overall pick. Let's see if we can get something out of him. If you're Bennett and you're picked where you are in the fourth round, or if you're Tom Brady and you're picked in the sixth round or whatever it is, you better hit it when you get your chance because you're not going to get that second and third bite at the apple. I don't think it really matters until it's time to play, and then you kind of get one shot at it and you better nail it. Yeah, that's a great point. With some of these guys that they're picked high, of course, you get the sunk cost fallacy. They're going to do everything they can because they know if that guy doesn't work out, the GM's probably going to lose their job, right? They're going to move on. So they have so much invested in them. But if you look at quarterbacks that are under six feet that have succeeded in this league, guys like Doug Flutie, even some of the six-foot guys like Michael Vick and Drew Brees, they possess something that's elite. Drew Brees, elite accuracy. Even Russell Wilson, deep ball thrower, can break yep. the pocket. Fran Tarkington. How about our own Pat Hayden from yep. years ago? I mean, there are plenty of examples of guys that are under six feet that have had success in this league. And if I'm Stetson Bennett, I'm just looking at the fact that yes, he's undersized, but man, I was watching some highlights yesterday. He was getting knocked around the SEC. He gets right back up. And I think that inspired his teammates. He's got that gladiator, that warrior like mentality. And of course, if there's a franchise that knows anything about having an underdog quarterback that wears 13, it's right. the Los Angeles Rams. So I'll be honest with you going into this. I was thinking, yeah, I'm just going to say this guy is going to be a really fun backup, a guy you can count upon. But now I'm starting to believe, I don't want to say I'm a 
Bennett Believe or anything like that. I'm not going to go full Skip Bayless and say that he's going to be Johnny Mandel's more popular than LeBron James in Cleveland or anything like that. But I do think that, hey, athletically, he's underrated. The arm strength is there. We're kind of in a different league now where if the offense is right and you have the surrounding parts, maybe you can have success. And, hey, if they could hit on him, just imagine what that does as far as where they can use their draft capital and their money in the future. Never short a true believer, and he's a true believer in himself. Those guys are dangerous guys. Now, you know, they don't all hit, but sometimes those guys that have that unshakable belief in their own abilities end up becoming very, very good players. He strikes me as one of those guys that, you know, the path that he took to get where he is, to go to junior college, to come back to Georgia, to win two national championships, to get drafted by a team like the Rams. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I bet he did. And, and, you know, when it comes to guys like that, I'm always willing to take a shot at him because true believers are really, really scary. Yeah, no, true believers, he's determined, he's focused. He loves to be counted out. And I will say it's going to be a special moment for the NFL because when he takes his first snap, he'll already pass George Blanda as the oldest quarterback in NFL history. So I'm looking forward to the Stetson Bennett era, possibly. Sure. but. <laughs> yeah, but uh, coming up in our final segment, we got some more OTA takeaways. We got some buy or sell coming up. Cam Akers, Puka Nakua. That's coming up next here on Locked On Rams. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. And also, if you want to see the video version, join the party over on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that notification bell, and let us know. Do you think that Cam Akers and Puka Nakua will have breakout seasons? Now, Travis, we had some interesting comments yesterday and a guy that we've talked a lot about how high we are on, and that is Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. He had this to say. He said he's pretty special. If he can stay on a trajectory, he's going to be a very good football player in this league. I love the way he attacks each day. He's got a great feel for the game, for leverage, running routes. He's asking the right questions. That's the big thing. As he gets more reps over and over, as he gets to see these things, he'll just get better and better. Now, Travis, first thing I want to say is last year when we saw these guys in shorts and jerseys and we saw some of the players last year that were supposed to be key contributors, we didn't see that same result in the regular season, but are you buying or selling the idea of Puka Nakua being an instant impact player for the Rams? Well, I like the fact that it's coming from Cooper Cup, right? I, I think that the the messenger matters in this situation. If this was Sean, and, and I don't want, I mean, I love Sean McVay. I love Les Snead. I think these guys are great at what they do, but of course they're going to be bullish on guys, right? They just picked these guys. They decided that these guys are important parts of the future. So I think that, that you know, you know, when they say something, you kind of take it with a certain uh, uh, degree of skepticism. Whereas when it comes from a player like Cooper Cup, who understands – and by the way, Cooper Cup, from the moment he stepped on a field, was kind of that proverbial, you know, the, the coach on the field, the guy that knew all the routes, the guy that knew where to be, that was helping the rest of his teammates get lined up. If he's saying he sees something – I believe him. So I think that that he's saying it matters a great deal to me. Everybody that that saw Nakua thought that there's the ability that's there. It's just a matter of getting it out and getting up to speed. Sean McVay's offense can be a little bit complicated at times. So if he's starting to understand that, and, and I like what Cup said about asking the right questions, I'm excited about it. Yeah, asking the right questions, being a student of the game. He feels like he's wise beyond his years. He has some NFL pedigree in his family. Also, too, I thought it was very interesting that Stafford, he hit Nakua on a play for a touchdown, and then Rob Havenstein ran up to Nakua to celebrate and just knocked him over straight up. What are your thoughts on that? Just absolutely just plowing him over after that touchdown. If Rob Havenstein is running at you, move. 
Okay. I mean, that that's just a really good, that's how I've lived my life. I wake up in the morning. I say, if I see Rob Havenstein running at me, I'm going to get out of the way. That is a huge guy. I don't care how big and strong and fast you are. If Havenstein's coming your way, get the hell out of there. Yeah, exactly. No, and I always like to learn what the players' real nicknames are, what their teammates and coaches call them. And so I see Eric Yarber saying, nice job, Pook. I mean, that's what they're calling him. So, yeah, look, the only worry I have is, look, last year they made us feel like Allen Robinson was Jerry Rice reincarnated during OTA. So little yeah. worry of that. I, well, look, I, I I get that, and they gave him a lot of money. but you And, and I, I'm going a little bit by memory here, D-Max, so I could be a little bit off here. But I don't remember a ton of that coming from teammates. I remember a lot of that coming from coaching staff, but I don't remember a ton of it coming from teammates. That's a really, really good point. And, yeah, the fact that Cooper Cup is giving that stamp of approval this early on, I think it's very telling. But last yeah. one, Cam Akers, another guy was a lot riding on this year. McVay had some – really glowing comments on him saying that he's got the charisma, he's exuding leadership, and he mentioned him working with Ron Gold and how great of a player coach that he is and how big of an impact that he could have on him. And if you look at Gold's history, I mean, he's worked with Marshawn Lynch, C.J. Anderson, Shane Vereen. Mm -hmm. he, he has got college standouts, Bryce Love, J.J. Arrington, Javid Best, Justin Forsett. Do you think that that could be a big difference maker? Are you buying the idea of a healthy Cam Akers, yes. a healthy offensive line, plus a better coach that is, hey, that equals a breakout year for Cam Akers? Yes. Look, Cam Akers is wildly talented. He, I mean, when, when he got going at the end of last year, he was the best offensive player on that team. Now, granted, Stafford wasn't there. Cup wasn't there. They were dealing with a lot of stuff. Cam Akers was supposed to be that guy last year. Like, because everything went the way that it did, the Akers story just became one of the things that wasn't working. But when you kind of rewind the tape and look at it, Cam Akers was supposed to have – he was healthy. He was going to get the job right out of the gate. He was going to be the guy that kind of brought some balance to that offense that we've talked about, and it just never happened. And, and not to relitigate him getting sent home and brought back and all that because we all know what happened, but when he finally bought back into what Sean McVay needed him to do, he was great. Hopefully he realized that Sean McVay is not a guy to be messed with. He's not a guy to, mess, to, to, to push back against, that you need to do it the way that he wants it done. And he shows up in week one and starts doing it because if he's good, it, it kind of changes just about everything on that side of the ball where you have a second dangerous offensive weapon. You mentioned the coaching changes that are taking place there. I, I'm excited for Cam Akers. If we're just talking about somebody that I think could go from kind of an afterthought to a real difference maker, I think he's number one on the list. Yeah, no, I am in 100% agreement with you. Of course, you know, I love me some Puka Nakua, but I'm bullish on Cam Akers this season. I'm not going to say he's going to have 13 touchdowns and Akers no. doesn't or anything like that, but I like what I saw to end the year. I mean, he had 452 of the team's 549 rushing yards the last few weeks of the season, three consecutive 100-yard games. You saw a yards per carry of over five. We see that guy with all the motivation and all the incentive this year to get it done. I think he's kind of a breakout year, and I'm confident that he does. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And to your right, that is Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him at Travis Rogers over on Twitter. And as always, whose house is Locked On Rams house?